let's see what happens when you eat an avocado a day. Is it like an apple? You know, an apple a day keeps your doctor away. Uh, how about an avocado a day? Now, the findings are pretty fascinating. The avocado intake led to an increased diversity in the gut microbiome. More kinds of bacteria and more healthy bacteria were growing in the gut of people who were eating avocados. People were eating more fat with the avocado, but they were also able to excrete more fat. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for giving the show a listen, or a view, or a download, wherever it is in the world that you are. We appreciate the fact that you are here. If avocados are your jam, and you live for them on toast, or maybe guacamole is your life, well then today's show is for you. Because on this very program, we will be examining the health benefits of avocados. And a brand new study, hot off of the press, Dr. Hanna Kaliova, she is here to talk all about it. Specifically, we're going to be getting real nerdy with nutrition. We're going to be talking about how avocados affect the gut microbiome in people who are overweight. Can this high-fat whole food play a role in getting someone struggling with their weight back in good health? Well, we're going to find that out. And speaking of fat, we're going to be playing good fat, bad fat, and ask the question, how big of a difference is there between the fat found in nuts and avocados and the fat that's found in a Big Mac? And is there really such a thing as healthy fats, or should the goal be to keep all fat in your diet as low as possible? Well, we're going to find that out as well when we dip into the exam room archives in just a little bit. But first, we're going to raise our nutrition IQs with this brand new study all about avocados, their health benefits, and what effect they have on the microbiome. Continuing here on the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee with the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Really interesting study like we were talking about at the top of the show, a study all about avocados. You would think, well, avocado is loaded with fat, but it is a healthy food. But, you know, where does that really rank in terms of health? Well, we have a brand new study to talk about that really did a deep dive on this specific, specifically about the gut microbiome and the variety of gut microbiome that is produced by eating avocados. And so we're going to talk all about this. It is fascinating stuff. And the best person to talk about these types of studies is our friend, Dr. Hanna Kaliova. Dr. Kaliova, thank you so very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Chuck. What a fascinating study. I cannot wait to get into the numbers and just start doing questions and answers with you. But could you tell us a little bit about the study overall to begin with? Absolutely. I'll be happy to. Let's see what happens when you eat 
an avocado a day. Is it like an apple? You know, an apple a day keeps your doctor away. Uh, how about an avocado a day? Well, um, the authors published the findings in the Journal of Nutrition. And it was a randomized clinical trial uh, with 163 overweight people. And they were randomized to either uh, eat one avocado a day or receive a control meal um, that was matched for energy and, uh, and fat content. Uh, and they were doing this for 12 weeks. For 12 weeks, the participants in both group, groups were receiving one meal um, each day. Uh, and so for the avocado group, it contained one whole avocado. For the control group, uh, the fat content was matched by added oils and fats. Uh, and the rest of the diet um, remained the same. They were instructed to keep their diet constant so that it was only one meal a day um, that was supplied by the research team. Uh, now, the findings are pretty fascinating. Uh, the avocado intake led to an increased diversity in the gut microbiome. Uh, so more kinds of bacteria and more healthy bacteria uh, were growing in the gut of people who were eating avocados. Um, also, the bile acid concentrations decreased uh, in the avocado group, while the fatty acids uh, increased uh, in, the, in the fecal samples in the avocado group. That means that people were eating uh, more fat with the avocado, but they were also able to excrete more fat in their feces. Um, they were also, uh, the feces had more content of the short chain fatty acids that are beneficial for our gut health. So uh, it seems like an avocado a day had some beneficial effect. Now, uh, the question is, with so much fat that you're consuming in, a, in an avocado, uh, will you gain weight? And the answer is, in the study, the participants in both groups gained about two pounds over the course of 12 weeks. Uh, so when you're concerned about your waistline, uh, it's still a good, good idea to be careful with uh, even... Uh, healthy fats coming from avocados. Okay. So let's now dive into the numbers. I'm a numbers guy and I was going through this study with a fine tooth comb and I got so excited about the findings. So, okay. You know that you do gain weight with an avocado because it is loaded in fat, but let's talk about exactly what it was that these uh, the, the study participants were eating in terms of calories. You're talking about the avocado group, I believe, was eating 300 additional calories every single day than the non-avocado group, but they gained the same amount of weight. How is, how is that possible? What, what are they surmised there? Uh, yeah, the, this is a fascinating topic, like uh, calories are not created equal. Uh, so 
if we just pour oil over our salad, for example, or if we eat the same amount of calories from nuts or avocados, uh, the effect will not be the same because our body will need more energy to digest uh, the avocado or nuts. Uh, it's been also shown uh, that uh, some of the energy, about 30% of the fat, may be excreted in your feces. So you will not even absorb all the fat. Um, while from the oil, the fat is just rushing into your bloodstream and can be stored in your adipose tissue immediately. Uh, so uh, the, the healthy fats uh, in avocados and nuts um, are you know, kind of protected from the digestion. You're not able to chew that well and digest them all uh, as effectively as and readily as from oil and added fats. So that's why uh, you can consume uh, even a little bit more energy and gain the same amount of weight. Let's talk about how many avocados uh, these these study participants were eating. I believe for men, it was something like 175 grams per day for the women, a little bit less, maybe in the 140 ballpark. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that just about one whole avocado every single day? That's correct. That's one whole avocado a day. Uh, so men were receiving a larger one and women a smaller one. Yeah. And, and so I went and I pulled some of the nutritional breakdown for an average avocado. And this is just from the USDA and their food database, publicly available. Anybody can access it at any time. The average avocado comes in at 150 grams, has 240 calories, 22 total grams of fat, and 10 grams of fiber. And Dr. Kaliova, I would argue that the fiber here also plays a critical role and why there wasn't excess weight gain for the avocado group. Absolutely. Uh, the meals were not matched for fiber intake. So that means the control meals uh, were only matched for um, energy and macronutrient content. So they were matching the fat content in the, in the avocado by adding oils and added fats, but they were not matching the fiber uh, the fiber intake. The fiber intake was only four grams in, in the control meal, uh, but the avocado uh, provided 16 grams of fiber in each meal. So the fiber intake is a, is a huge, uh, you know, contributor to um, the beneficial effects on gut microbiome. Uh, and needless, needless to say, you don't have to consume avocados in order to get the benefits of fiber. You can consume uh, your oatmeal, apples, you know, other, other plant-based foods that are not as rich in, in fat that will also provide you with the benefits of fiber. Now, let's talk about the importance of gut microbiome and having a wide variety of it and how that affects your health, because that is the key to this study. I mean, that was the overall part of this study was what the avocado did to uh, your gut health. So why is it important that we do have a wide variety of gut bacteria? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, it can be compared to your financial portfolio. Uh, you don't want to invest everything in one stock and then 
uh, you know, find out that it was not the wise wise investment. Uh, you want to di- diversify your investments so that if a disaster happens, when a crisis comes, uh, you're covered somewhere else. Uh, and that that's the same for our gut microbiome. Uh, if we take antibiotics, for example, um, then we want to be we want to have a large variety of gut microbiome uh, that will survive uh, versus those that will be killed by the by the antibiotics. So it's important to have a variety um, of the gut. Got bacteria. It's been shown that, for example, people living in rural Africa have a larger variety of their gut microbiota compared with uh, Western countries. And it's not only because um, in rural Africa they consume a lot more fiber and a lot more plant-based foods. It's also um, because they're living in more contact with nature, the way they're consuming their food, you know, getting um, a lot of the foods directly from the field and from from the trees uh, with some bacteria already without sanitation. That's also an important factor. Uh, So having um, a rich microbiome helps you survive all the crises that may come your way. And the researchers in this case, they were looking at particular uh, varieties of microbiome. What was it specifically that they were looking for here? I have that list in front of me, but I am going to put you on the spot because I cannot pronounce a single one of them to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, Yes, avocado increased the abundance of fecalibacterium, then lacnospira and alistipis. And these uh, three kinds of bacteria produce the short-chain fatty acids. They feed on fiber and produce short-chain fatty acids that have many metabolic benefits. They increase your insulin sensitivity. They protect your heart. Uh, they help you with your weight management. Uh, so it's it's wonderful to have these specific bacteria that can produce short-chain fatty acids. And that's exactly what the avocado group experienced. They experienced an increase in these beneficial kinds of bacteria. All right. Uh, short-chain fatty acids. Let's do a, a recap here for those who aren't familiar. What would a short-chain fatty acid be? What is its purpose? Uh, so a short-chain fatty acid would be, pro, uh, for example, butyrate or acetate. Um, and uh, the avocado group had a higher concentration um, of these short-chain fatty acids. Um they have many metabolic benefits. The first of them is that they prevent the condition that's called the leaky gut. And that's a common condition in the Western countries. Um, obesity um, increases the amount of uh, molecules that are able to come through the gut uh, blood barrier. And it's not a healthy thing because um, the healthy thing is to have the tight junction in our gut um, that prevent larger molecules from uh, coming through the wall. And if we 
if we are overweight or if we are on a high fat Western diet, then we develop a condition that's called the leaky gut, where the tight junctions uh, in the gut are not as tight anymore. And larger molecules may escape to the bloodstream. Uh, and what happens then? Um, uh, we can develop a condition that's called endotoxinemia, uh, where uh, after a meal, after a high-fat meal, uh, there are some toxins in our bloodstream um, that are normally not present if our gut barrier uh, is intact. And the short-chain fatty acids may uh, really uh, support uh, the healthy gut-blood barrier. They may restore the tight junctions. So that, that's their number one function they can restore the gut lining and the integrity of the gut lining. And they have many metabolic benefits, including protecting our heart, uh, boosting our immune system, uh, and also increasing the insulin sensitivity and preventing diabetes. So that's why you wanna produce a lot of short chain fatty acids and why you want to have these healthy kinds of bacteria in your gut. And let's talk about how much fat a person actually does need in their diet. We talk a lot on the exam room about a whole food uh, plant-based diet that is low in fat. And then you look at the avocado here, obviously we've been talking about it's healthy fat, but still 22 grams of fat for one avocado. That's definitely on the high scale of things. So how much fat should somebody actually be targeting in your opinion for their diet every day? How much do we need to actually function? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, an avocado would definitely cover all your needs for the whole day. So if you eat one avocado, you're covered for the whole day. You don't need any other sources of fat. <laughs> and and did this study, I know that you're very big in the diabetes world. Um, that's your primary uh, focus of, of study. And, and you're so fantastic at that. Was there anything related to that here? Anything along glucose or anything like that? Uh, what was related uh, was um, that avocado consumption increased um, the abundance of Fecalibacterium prausnitzi. Uh, this bacteria is very low in people with diabetes. And the low counts in people with diabetes have also been associated with increased inflammation and increased insulin resistance. So increasing the, the, the abundance of Fecalibacterium prausnitzi in this study uh, by consuming avocados uh, is actually you know, showing one of the crucial mechanisms how to prevent diabetes compared with oil and added fats, we need to say. Uh, that was the control group. So if you're on a high fat diet, if you're consuming a lot of oils and added fats, then switching uh, to an avocado instead of oils and added fats will give you definitely benefits in terms of uh, diabetes prevention. But at the same time, both groups gained some weight. They gained two pounds over the course of 12 weeks. Uh, so being careful about the quantities um, you're eating a day is definitely advisable. 
Now let's talk a little bit about getting that variety of food, which inherently, uh, speaking with the number of gastroenterologists on the show, uh, Dr. Will Bulsowitz, Dr. Alan Desmond, top of their game uh, as far as being gastroenterologists, both of them say it's really important to eat a wide variety of foods to get that wide variety of bacteria that you and I are talking about here today. They're specifically talking about healthy foods, healthy fruits, vegetables, grains, legumes, the things that are on our power plate. Mm -hmm. However, if somebody was eating that standard American diet, but let's say they were eating a wide variety of fast foods. So say maybe a breakfast burrito followed by a hamburger and French fries, followed by fried chicken and pizza. Would, they, would you still get that same variety of gut bacteria? And can you even really compare the two diets there? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I don't think that would count as a variety of different foods. Uh, you know, uh, if you deep fry everything that you're eating, uh, you pretty much lose all the, you know, most of the nutritional content in, in all these foods and most of the benefits. Uh, when you're eating a large variety of plant foods, what's also helpful is getting your foods from different sources. Each soil has different properties. Uh, so let's say, you know, you can get a lot of your um, a lot of your produce from local farmers markets and you know local uh, grocery stores. Uh, and but sometimes you can also get uh, imported uh, foods from from different countries. Uh, you know, you can go to the international section. You can get some Indian food and some Thai food. Um, and that also give, gives you um, additional um, stimuli for your gut microbiome if if the crops have been grown in in different soils. And I don't think that we've talked about this quite yet, is specifically what the menu was for uh, each of these groups, the avocado group versus the non-avocado group. Clearly, the avocado group eating more than just avocados. Did the study define what it was that they were eating day in and day out? Or was this all self-reported based off of the own uh, the menus that they were creating for themselves? Uh, yeah, the diet records were self-reported. Uh, the researchers provided only one meal a day for the participants that contained either a whole avocado or, uh, you know, contained the same amount of fat from the added oils and, and fats. Um, and the, the meals uh, differed so that people would not eat one single meal that would be the same each day. Uh, so... Uh, they, the researchers don't specify, uh, you know, which meals and how many kinds of meals they were switching. Um, but I suppose one of them had to be like breakfast burrito. <laughs> and, you know, for preparation and also for, for the consumption. Sure. And and let's just do a, a kind of a final wrap up here. Uh, yes or no, avocados, part of a healthy diet. <laughs> uh, yes, but in small amounts. Yes, in smaller. So you would you recommend eating a whole avocado uh, every single day like the participants of these studies did? 
uh, it depends on what your baseline diet looks like. If you're on a Western diet with a lot of fried foods, uh, then getting away from your fried foods and getting all your fat from avocado would be a beneficial change. Um, but don't add an avocado a day if you're on a healthy plant-based diet. Uh, avocados are wonderful. They contain a lot of fiber, a lot of monounsaturated fats, uh, but we need to be careful about their amounts. Moderation. The same applies to uh, nuts. That's something that our colleagues here at the Physicians Committee have stressed over and over and over again as well, is do not eat the whole jar of nuts. And the same principle applies here with avocados. But nonetheless, I got to tell you, I'm craving guacamole in the worst way right now. <laughs> yeah, well, you can you can get one, one dip. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Hanna Kaliova, thank you so very much. This has been fascinating. Thank you so much, Jeff. Just a quick postscript here, and that is that the study was actually funded by Haas Avocados. So keep that in mind. But Dr. Kaliova says that the science there is still solid. And if you want to check out a link to that study, read it for yourself. You can find that in the episode notes. Let's continue chewing the fat now, shall we? Eating too much of it, that fat, it's something that millions of us struggle with. I mean, the standard American diet, right? It's so easy to do because the unhealthy, fat-heavy food, it's literally everywhere. We're talking about grocery stores and vending machines and drive-throughs. It's in our offices. It's in our pantries. It's in our cars. It's on TV. We can't turn anywhere without getting bombarded with some sort of high fat food. So then let's talk about fat and continue that conversation and ask the question, are some fats better than others? Well, we're going to find that out right now as we dip into the exam room archives for another discussion with Dr. Kaliova. And at the time that we recorded this a couple of years ago, she had just finished leading a study that examined the quality of fat versus the quantity of fat in someone's diet. So what is the fat balance there? Well, her team of researchers shed a lot of light on that very subject. Very interesting show we're doing here today on the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. We are talking about not just quantities of fat, but the quality of fat. That's Is right. there such a thing as a healthy fat? To answer that, we have the Physicians Committee's Director of Clinical Research sitting across the table from me, Dr. Hanna Kaliova. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. The study that you put out, it examines fat quantity and quality in terms of insulin resistance and secretion. The first thing is, I want to ask you about that headline. When you say quality of fat, what is it that you're talking about? Um, so if when we're talking about fat quality, we're talking about which fats we're using. Obviously, it's a, dif it's a different, there's a difference between using butter 
and between using olive oil or avocado or oil or nuts hmm. um, in terms of composition of the fat. Um, you know, there are different fatty acids. Um, the saturated fat uh, increases your cholesterol and increases your cardiovascular risk. Um, and most, uh, for the most part, saturated fat is in animal, animal products like meat and dairy and eggs. However, uh, there's some saturated fat also in coconut oil, uh, in palm oil um, that are being still used um, in some sweets, some processed foods like chips, um, you know, so uh, there are different kinds of fat that we can be using. Right. Uh, and the saturated fat, even if it's from uh, plant sources, will still raise your cholesterol. So you want to um, decrease and possibly eliminate the amounts of saturated fat in your diet. And you want to increase the good fats, the monounsaturated fats, the like found, for example, in olive oil or in uh, nuts, um, right. in almonds, uh, in pecans, in cashews, uh, and polyunsaturated fats. Um, so, uh, you know, the quality of fat uh, is very important. What we found in our study uh, is just just switching to a vegan diet um, increased the quality of fat people were consuming. Right. We advised them on avoiding um, tropical oils like coconut oil or palm oil right. and all the processed foods that contain them. Right. And we told them, um, we instructed them to keep their fat content in the diet fairly low and uh, be careful you know some people think well you know this is olive oil this is the healthy fat so I will just dump it in my salad mm -hmm. however they don't realize that it's not only about fat quality it's also about fat quantity right and that's what I was gonna ask you it's like are we talking about going hog wild and eating that whole jar of nuts or using the whole uh, uh, bottle of, of olive oil because I you know whether it's a healthy fat or a, a unhealthy fat, I just, I, I can't see just having unlimited amounts of fat in the diet. To me, that just doesn't seem to be the healthiest option. Exactly. That's correct. Uh, so f the first step is to pay attention to the quality of fat we're consuming. Right. But the second step is to be mindful of the quantity of fat we're using of the amounts right um, because fat is still fat right if we're struggling with body weight and need to lose some weight and improve our metabolism then we need to be careful and limit the amounts of fat that we're using obviously um, fat is the um, source of energy as a reserve right uh, so it's high in energy. Mm -hmm. One gram of fat contains nine uh, calories right. compared with carbohydrates and proteins that contain um, only four yeah, calories. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in, so, in a little bit, yeah. So there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. We need to be mindful of, um, you know, the concentration of calories in, in fat. Uh, that's why we're limiting um, the fat intake in our diet to in order to reach the balance. Right. We want the healthy fats, but only in small amounts. Right. Like so, one handful of nuts a day is plenty. Right. You know that will supply you with all the fats that you need. And even if you exclude oils and nuts completely from your diet, if there are some days where you're not consuming 
any uh, like added oils or any added fats. Mm -hmm. You don't need to worry about that. Right. You know, you will still be getting enough. Right. Okay. So let let me then ask you. So you say one handful of nuts. Can we put a number on that? Like how many grams of fat somebody should be eating a day maximum? So that would be one ounce of nuts. Um, that would be like an upper limit right. for, for the day. So in terms of grams of fat, you know, if somebody turned and looked at the nutrition label mm -hmm. and they were like, oh, well, this has 12 grams of fat. How many grams should they be eating? So uh, in one day, you shouldn't be eating more than 20 to 30 grams of fat per day. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and I, I can I can hear somebody then asking themselves in their question. Maybe they're just trying to scheme a way to like keep chips in their diet. And they're saying, okay, well, what if then I got sweet potato chips that were fried in olive oil as opposed to canola oil or corn oil or something like that? Would those be the healthier option? What would you say to that person? Um, well, these are still processed foods, so you know you need to be careful about those. Excluding them completely is better for you. Uh, you know, looking for other options that are um, you know satiating palatable, um, but also healthy, right. uh, is a better option. So avoiding fried foods, uh, avoiding chips completely. No matter what oil is, is exactly, being used. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, so this study that just came out recently uh, that we've mentioned here, uh, fat quantity and quality is part of a low-fat vegan diet, um, talking about body composition and insulin resist, uh, resistance. What exactly was it that you were looking for in this study? So in this study, uh, we put people on a low-fat vegan diet for 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. And we were not only tracking their body weight changes, but we were also looking at their body composition, okay. how much muscle, how much fat they were losing. Oh. We were uh, looking at how much visceral fat they were losing. That's around the abdomen, right? Exactly. That's uh, around your inner organs, in around your stomach, around your liver and other organs um, in your abdomen. Okay. And uh, this is the most metabolically dangerous fat. So the less of it you have, the better off you are. Is that why uh, we see studies the where they, they say that if you have uh, what's referred to as a beer belly, you're at yes. an increased risk for heart failure or something like that? That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, right, right there in the abstract at the top of the study, I feel like I, I'm getting educated the more I do the show, like I can actually read these things <laughs> and semi-understand what's in there. Um, I want to ask you about the different kinds of uh, acids that you mentioned because you you reference specific plasma fatty acids what are plasma fatty acids uh, that's correct uh, so we can analyze your blood or any sample from your body let's say we can take a sample from your adipose tissue uh, or from your muscle and we can just analyze the composition um, of the cell membranes mm -hmm. because the fat that you're eating becomes an integral part of your body, right. of all your cells in your body. So uh, we can take a sample from your blood or from your muscle or from your um, um, adipose tissue and we can just analyze the composition of the cell membranes. And uh, now the cool part, uh, I can- Bring the science, bring it. I can tell from this small sample, I mm -hmm. can tell what you've been eating for the 
past uh, couple of weeks. Uh, you know, this uh, composition in the cell membranes reflects your diet for the last about four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. So I can tell, you know, there was some, there was a steak, you know, there oh was some cheese. Oh my goodness, four <laughs> or to six I can, weeks? Or I can tell, oh, this person is eating only olive oil. They're just running on olive oil right. <laughs> or, you know. That's crazy. I mean, that's like a drug test. I, you know, yeah. it's like, a, you know, fill this cup with Did pee, you? you know, we'll see if you've been, <laughs> what drugs you've been doing. But you're saying like, I can look at fat yeah. and say what foods you've been eating. That exactly. is amazing to yeah, me that yeah, is amazing cool. to me uh what about uh is it linoleic acids linoleic yeah uh, linoleic linoleic and, okay and linolenic. linolenic so there are two fatty acids linoleic acid and linolenic acid well let's cover them both uh, then dr Kali. both of them are polyunsaturated fatty acids and okay. both of them are good for you okay uh and uh, the more of them you're consuming percentage wise the better for your metabolic health right the challenge with most people is that they eat so much fat of low quality mm-hmm. uh, that you know percentage wise they're getting very little of these two uh, beneficial fatty acids right right so if we just decrease the amounts of total fat um, that we're eating and if we concentrate on the quality and you know choose carefully we will automatically increase these beneficial fatty acids in our diet. Gotcha. You know, it's amazing, but these fatty acids are, for example, found in some herbs and some uh, green leafy vegetables. Really? Yeah. So the thing is, there's not a lot in terms of quantity mm-hmm. in green leafy vegetables and in herbs. However, you know, we're getting an amazing amount percentage-wise of these beneficial fatty acids. Fascinating. Who knew? I I didn't even know that there was uh, fat stored in in things like herbs. You would think that that's kind of a fat-free food, you know? Right. There's Uh, very little, but the fat that's in there is very beneficial. Just a trace, huh? Just a trace. So uh, what did you guys find with this this study here? What were the results? So the results were um, the less fat people were eating on a plant-based diet, the more weight they were losing and the better their body composition. Uh, They were losing more fat and more visceral fat. Okay. And the, the better their metabolic health. They were increasing their insulin sensitivity and also their beta, beta cells uh, were kind of revived and they were able to produce more insulin, uh, which was very cool. Yeah. And uh, also we were able to break it down to the fat quality and, uh, you know, the less saturated fat and trans fats they were uh, eating and the more of these beneficial polyunsaturated linoleic and linolenic acids they were eating, the better for their metabolic health as well. Now, uh, when you said beta cells, I'm sure some people are wondering, what is a beta cell? Oh, beta cells are in our pancreas and they are producing insulin. Mm. Uh, and, um, you know, when, when we, as we age, uh, the beta cells are on high demand to produce insulin. So we need to be protective. Ah. We need to take care of them. We need to give them the right foods to give them the right nutrition uh, so that they can keep going. 
So then that brings me to the question of in this study, you know, what was the age range of the study participants? Were they middle-aged? Were they older? Were they younger? Who were you looking at here? Uh, these people were around in their 50s and 60s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Middle age, maybe yep. a little more. I'm yep. um, still got the, the promising uh, results there. I'm curious though. Um, I believe I read that uh, the results here, or as far as their diet, it was self-reported, correct? That's correct, But yes. did you give them a specific menu to follow? Like, you need to eat this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and if you want a snack, have this. We gave them general instructions. So the first rule was uh, to go vegan, mm -hmm. eat only plant foods, no animal foods, no meat, no dairy, no eggs. Uh, so that's rule number one, right. only vegan foods. And the second rule, keep your fat content within 20 to 30 grams per day. Okay. And that's it. Two simple rules. Interesting. So, I mean, that's, that's got to be relatively easy to yeah. follow, all things considered. Uh, were people pretty receptive to this? I mean, were they generally happy with, I mean, this was 16, 16 weeks. I mean, that's what, three months, four months almost. So that's, that's, that's a good stretch there. They did yeah. okay? And, you know, they were super excited. Once they've tried it for several several weeks, they were like, this is easy. I mean, I don't need to count calories. I don't need to count carbs. There you go. And I'm losing weight. I feel better than ever before. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Amazing. Not wanted to count carbs. That... Uh, actually brings me to another fine question. You know, I'd be remiss um, if I didn't ask you about uh, the keto diet, which, of course, is the polar opposite of right. what it is that we're talking about here. That's high fat and low carb. Uh, people do that for weight loss. Um, but you did a study, I think it was a plant-based diet, uh, looking at overweight individuals in a 16-week mm -hmm. randomized clinical trial. The role of carbohydrates in weight loss. This is hotly debated. I mean, yes. some people say that carbs are the devil. Other people uh, say that carbs are the best thing since sliced bread, which, well, happens to be a carb. So, carbs, what did you find in your research? Uh, so, when we're talking about carbs, again, there's quality and quantity. Ooh, I'm so, noticing a theme. So, um, you know, we know the difference between candy and whole rye bread, mm -hmm. right? Or brown rice and white rice. Right. Whole, pa uh, whole, whole wheat pasta and white pasta. Uh, so, uh, of course, we want to choose, um, you know, a good quality of carbohydrates. Right. Uh, when we go to a fresh produce section, we don't even we, we're automatically getting the you know the best quality of carbohydrates for sure you know if you get your fruits and vegetables and legumes and whole grains you know that's just the highest quality of carbohydrates that you can get so your body treats the the various forms of carbs differently Exactly. So, uh, what about calories? Because there was another study that you did, and we blogged about it on our website. And the headline on that blog really caught my eye. It said, "Not all calories mm -hmm. are stored equally." What did you mean by that headline? Exactly. So, uh, it's not only about quantity; it's also about quality. Here we go so again. So we're breaking breaking down all the different macronutrients like fat, carbohydrates. We need to be careful about the quantity, but mm. also about the quality that we're putting in. Right. And and generally speaking, as you mentioned, I think 
plant-based diets by and large are naturally lower in fat by their very nature. And that's, that's why people really don't have to worry about counting calories as these study that's participants correct. found uh, or, or watching out for too much fat uh, just because all of that drops um, you know, kind of organically, um, if you will. Uh, have you followed up with these patients since the study? Ha I know sometimes you, you build these amazing relationships with the study participants. I mean, we just had Starla Maurer on the show, and I know you two are still besties. Um, have you followed up with, with any of these people, and are they sticking with it? Oh, yes. Um, many of our study participants are still sticking to the diet. Good. And stay tuned. Uh, you know, another study participant might be might be coming to um, make a podcast with you soon. Ah, yes. I got an email about said study participant that uh, perhaps we will have uh, in, in the future. Yeah, I, I love a good success story. And the cool thing about the research that's being done at the Physicians Committee is it lends itself to the fact that there is no shortage of success stories. I mean, such such incredible stories. Um, I, I want to ask you a final question. Um, you do so much work with diabetes research, and, and you have such a, a wealth of knowledge. I had somebody close to me recently. I was telling them about the plant-based diet, and I was kind of suggesting it to them gently. Uh, I never want to come across as a preachy vegan and say, hey, you need to do this or else. Right. It's so counterproductive. But he said, you know, Chuck, I would really want to do that, but I'm scared to because I'm diabetic. And I honestly had no idea how to even begin to respond to that. So what advice could you give me then to pass this on to my friend? Because I'm sure maybe a listener has had that very same experience. Yeah, many people are scared of eating carbohydrates if they're diabetic. However, the amazing fact is that a vegan diet is the most effective diet in reversing diabetes, not only making it a little bit better. You know, carb counting will make your diabetes a little bit better and mm. will enable you to manage it better. However, a vegan diet will, you know, be able to reverse your diabetes. Gotcha. So uh, why don't you just give it a try for three months, you know? The three-month trial. <laughs> Compare both diets against each other. Try before you buy, as I yep. always say. Uh, and, and I think that that's, the, that's good advice. So I will, I will tell him. Uh, I'll ask him uh, also if he wants to come in and, and be seen. Um, I think, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, a lot of people who are skeptical of a plant-based diet think that anybody who eats one is automatically a hippie that parades around in tie-dyed shirts and, you know, lights sage and <laughs> incense and has drum circles <laughs> and things of that nature, which is all wonderful. But that's not me. And so I'm looking at you and I'm I'm not thinking that you're, you're banging that drum in the drum circle either. So, you know, that's that's another stereotype that I think that uh, that we need to tackle. Uh, if somebody is interested in participating in one of your studies, and by the way, I have had listeners email uh, after your appearances asking how they can get involved in the research. Uh, we do accept applications on the website, correct? Uh, that's correct. Right now, we can put you on a waiting list. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, once we start recruiting for another study, we will let you know. How, how many studies do you tend to do in a year on average? Which So right now we're running three studies. Three. Okay. Yeah. And do you, do you expect that there will be new ones popping up at some point this year? Um, probably um, later this year, we will be recruiting for a new study that, that will be coming up next year. Fantastic. That means more success stories. Uh, Dr. Hanna Kaliova, thank you so much for uh, for lending your time. We're going to put a link up to this study on pcrm.org slash podcast so you can check it out for yourself. Looking at fat 
quantity versus quality. Very important. Very important distinction. Thanks, Chuck. And if you would like to check out Dr. Kaliova's study, we've included a link to that in the episode notes as well. I wanted to share some really great news with you. The exam room has been nominated for best vegan podcast of 2020 by the gang over at Veg News. How great is that? Thank you so very much, Veg News, for that incredible honor. And man, we would really appreciate it if you could head over there and cast your vote for the show. We're up against a lot of heavy hitters in the vegan podcast category. The likes of Kevin and Harley Quinn Smith and Jasmine Singer, who has been on this show a number of times. And Rich Roll, of course. But if you could take a moment to vote for The Exam Room as the best vegan podcast of 2020 over at Veg News, man, that would mean the world to us. We've posted a link to do that in the episode notes. So thank you all so very much for listening to The Exam Room and believing in this podcast. You guys are the best. And before we get out of here today, I also want to say congratulations to Richard Hubbard. He has been on the show before. He's one of the people who wrote in with an incredible success story. Well, Richard has just released a new book by the title of A Plant-Based Journey to Health, From Morbidly Obese to Plant-Based Athlete. And in this book, he chronicles his story and his just remarkable health transformation. And I got to tell you, you look at the before and after photos that Richard has put on the cover of the book, and you're going to do a double take and say to yourself, there is no way that's the same guy. There's no way that that's the same guy, but it is. My man stepped up and took charge of his health in a major way and knocked it out of the park. So proud of him. So if you want to check out his book, I've posted a link to that on Amazon, where you can also see the before and after pictures that are just mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. That link is in the episode notes. And finally, if you're ready to take charge of your health today, just like Richard, you can make an appointment with one of our plant-based doctors or dietitians at the Barnard Medical Center who make nutrition a priority. All you need to do to make that telemedicine visit is call 202-527-7500 or log on to barnardmedical.org. You can get a full list of states where services are available on that website or call 202-527-7500. Yes, insurance is accepted. And that's going to do it for us today. I want to say thank you once again to Dr. Hanna Kaliova for joining us and schooling us about avocados and whether an avocado a day can keep the doctor away. And for everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, stay safe, take a stand, and keep it plant-based. <laughs>